Hello and welcome to the Coach for Tutors podcast where we grow your tutoring business with each episode. My name is Michael Gibbon, the host of the Coach for Tutors podcast and the founder of Coach for Tutors. Um, today I am joined by the wonderful Adam Adai who is going to be going over with us a very important topic, mental health approaches to tutoring. So Adam, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me and thank you for the very generous introduction. Uh, Michael, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. So feels like speaking with a friend. Well, likewise, likewise, it's always a pleasure. So a little bit about Adam for our listeners. Uh, Adam has a background as a high school English teacher, teacher supervisor, and mental health clinician to young adults, uh, which has helped support him in striving to teach to the holistic student. He's also an ACT and SAT tutor and teaches tests with logic and intuition. And um, recently he's put together Dream School Test Prep, which we're going to talk a little bit about today as well. well. Thank you very much. I think that's really what we're about at Dream School Test Prep is trying to teach the entire student. And I think that does include intuition, right? Uh, as we're evolving, a lot of times we were kind of looking for where we want to hunt and these big idea pictures. Uh, and we noticed that when we're just looking at things step by step, like four questions, maybe we can teach more about our psychology and our neurochemistry. So as a team, we have been hiring very eclectic people, and I appreciate you mentioning that, that idea of holism. Uh, so at Dream School Test Prep, we've been trying to do that, uh, and I appreciate you recognizing it. And I think with uh, tutors, like whether the, you know, you're experienced in the field or you're new, you know, one of those key elements is really connecting with students, and that can be at times, I mean, it can be an easy task, it can also be a more challenging task at times. So what are different mental health, maybe two or three mental health strategies that new tutors can use when connecting with students and helping to bridge that all important connection? Absolutely. That's a great question. I think it's important to talk about young tutors because uh, we often talk about it as a saturated market, which yes, there are a lot of tutors out there, but I think it's a saturated market if you market yourself exactly like everyone else, right? So uh, a lot of times when we're hiring at Dream School Test Prep, or if I have an interview with someone, it's more about like an eclectic background. So we have people from art, math, anthropology, uh, English and writing. Uh, so having that wide gamut, I think it helps you to avoid one of the main mental health challenges, I think, as a young tutor is this idea of imposter syndrome. And I think imposter syndrome has kind of been in the lexicon of a lot of people, but it's it's this idea in psychology that you don't belong where you are. Like I, I've kind of a phony and I am faking it that I don't actually belong here. And that's one way of putting it, but imposter syndrome comes in many different ways. And I see it manifest sometimes uh, as the person who wants to kind of know everything and be an expert on everything, which is not possible, right? The perfection mm -hmm. gets in the way of the good, right, Michael? And no. <laughs> you can also see it as a person who wants to be a superhero and kind of attend to everyone at once, which can kind of get in the way of self-care, which is so important with uh, mental health of anybody. But especially as a teacher, I think so much of who you are is your tool in tutoring. So new teachers who want to connect with people, like you were saying, I think be who you are. I think there's this conception sometimes that we need to uh, establish enough distance to be respected. But I think at least at Dream School Test Prep, we're trying to say we're human beings. You know we're human beings. Let's be honest and transparent with each other. And what way do you best learn? Like, how can we best get into your mindset? So each one of our tutors, for instance, has like a human brain model and they teach them about how does annotation affect your parietal lobe? You know, these kinds of things. So I think that overcomes mental health challenges. 
in a lot of ways, self-care is talked about uh, in the ways that we can kind of forego things that are negative for us. And that's very important. But also self-care is the application of things that are going to help us. So uh, for instance, every Monday, our, our tutors, we all sit together and we say, what have we learned this week? What documentary did you watch that just completely changed what you thought about dyslexia, ADHD, dysgraphia, any of these things? And the thing is, uh, I think as an entrepreneur, uh, that also helps my mental health because I feel like I don't have to take care of everything myself. I rely a lot on my team and my team relies on me. And that way we become a true team. So I think mental health and this idea of like synergy between people, open communication, so crucial. You know what I mean, Michael? Absolutely. And you definitely hit the nail on the head with a, a couple pieces. You said, you know, synergy is very important. And also uh, your team taking the chance or, or taking that, that opportunity to, to self-improve and learn and share with you. So in a collaborative setting, because therefore you don't have to take on all the hats. And so when you're connecting with students, you can be at your best self and you're learning from each other how to best approach working with different students who might have a variety pack of different needs. Absolutely. I think every student really is unique. And I know people say that and they believe it, but to the point too, where we have diagnoses of learning differences like ADHD or dyslexia or dysgraphia, many of our students have these or autism or anything, whatever it may be. These are differences, but it's different for every single person. Right now I'm teaching three separate people with autism they're three very different people. So I think that trying to pay attention to that you are a unique person establishes a respect with students too, that I think becomes very mutual because the beautiful thing about the adolescent brain is it's very much geared towards listening because it's affected, uh, the circuitry is much more connected in the temporal lobe. And that kind of changes to the frontal lobe as we get older. And, and that often lowers like risky behavior we hear. But at the same time, when you operate from there, Adolescents have a tendency to want to listen and digest rather than just respond. And I think that that's a great way uh, to have a job, to, to speak with those kinds of people every day, because they make me more open-minded, more flexible. And I can say the same for the tutors at Dream School Test Prep. Uh, they have new ways of looking at things, you know, uh, artists and innovators. That relates very much to your SAT score and your ACT score. And sometimes people, I think... Uh, may not notice it if you don't bring it up, you know, so I just wanted to bring that awareness, I think. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's, and that really, I mean, you're bringing some very important pieces into this discussing, you know, just how, how we can help mold students' minds just through these certain activities and how that can give those boosts, those critical boosts to them during those times. And also being your authentic self with students, they love that. And that's, and that's going to make such a difference, an appreciable difference, if you show that you're, yes, you are human and yes, you are invested. You know what? You have warts and all as well. <laughs> and yes, yes, that, exactly. And that yes. makes such a difference for them because then they, they can build that trust with you because they recognize, you know, you are who you are and you have there's a realness there. And that, that's, that's most of the, of the roadblock right there. Right. And one thing that I appreciated about your, your page on Facebook, Michael, uh, is that you, one of your things that you ask every week is what was your tutoring highlight of the week, you know, and that can imply anything. There's not a negative or a positive connotation. It's just how are you feeling in your mind and how are you authentically being a tutor, you know, and to cultivate that community, I have tremendous respect for you. And I, I love seeing that online. I've only had social media oh, for thanks. five months now. So I'm very new to it. I think I've talked to you about this, right? Where, <laughs> yes, where yes. people are like, 
it's so strange this guy's writing a long letter almost but i feel like we need to do that right and that's what we're doing right now so i would hope the same thing is happening and i know the same thing's happening with educators their hearts are in the right place you know um and i hope that we can broaden the lens of uh people that we're teaching so you know we have typical classroom settings where oftentimes there's rows of students and we give direct instruction and that works for a large percentage of the population but not everyone right and i think that's a mental health issue in itself for the teacher as well as the student because uh, as a teacher supervisor i supervise about 50 students in six different schools in boston and oftentimes what i hear people say is this student doesn't care or this student uh isn't mm -hmm. getting it now they had the best of intentions. I can guarantee you that they are strength-based uh, mindset people. Boston College, we really do lean into a strength-based mindset. But uh, allowing people to reframe that language, I think, reframes their behaviors. So instead of saying, why aren't they listening? Why is what you're saying not landing for them, right? Like maybe you're, you can deliver it in a different way, a collaborative way, or a way that's more dynamic, right? So that's a mental health issue, both for the teacher and the student and systemically, right? So that's what I get passionate about when we talk about mental health, because there's many things that I think we talk about with self-care, taking a break for yourself, allowing yourself the grace to be okay. And I think these things are talked about a lot, but the parts that I don't hear are maybe the ones where we have to apply something uh, in, a, in a different way, out of the box thinking. And, and that's why I love working with a team. We are truly a team, unique, but of one mind. Absolutely. And just having that core foundation of values between yourself and your team, having that common alignment there, but allowing that branch out into the different, it could be disciplines or different you know, motivational spheres or whatever it might be and what enrichment, whatever the areas might be, it's very important to learn from one another. And I love what you said about, you know, sometimes it doesn't land for students. And I think for, for tutors as well, it's a, whether you're a solo operation or you have a team, it's okay if, if, if something does not land, don't take it as you have failed the student. No, if you continue to push that one way, then that's something to reflect on. But if you're trying, ask, seek to understand yeah. before being understood and see what they're saying and what they're trying to, to get from you. And that can really help bridge that connection of lost to being found. I love that. He said one more time, Michael. Yes, it was from actually the brilliant educator, uh, Dr. Rita Pearson. Oh, yeah. Said during her TED, uh, TED talk, she said, you know, seek to be under seek to understand rather than be understood and it's stuck with me since then it's a fabulous quote and it really it's very important i mean whether you're working with a team whether you're working with your students and you know just for your own self-care and self-reflection use that quote as a way to guide what you're looking to do and what you're looking to accomplish right and i just wrote it in my quote journal indelibly and i, I know i'll probably <laughs> share that with students and I'll, I'll give you a little tm as well but uh, oh. I love that, you know, and, and I, I have a similar uh, saying that I like to say is if you look at people like puzzles instead of obstacles, much easier way to help people. And in I the end, that. I think you're helping yourself by giving yourself the gift of purpose, because, you know, when you see what you've done, like maybe someone was able to go to school and they couldn't have. That's why we do our job, right? Like we, we want to help young people have a brighter future. Absolutely. And that's and that's exactly it. It's like, you know, providing that light, providing that light as a team or a solo operation, whatever. But even if you're a solo tutor, you know, and you're listening today, remember, you know, you're, you're the nexus point for the parent guardians, for the child, for your youth, for the, you know, teacher, like you are that wonderful piece of the puzzle there 
that can help to reach understanding and and learn from the different perspectives. Yes, absolutely. And one, I guess one thing I wish I was told as a younger tutor when I first started, I first started tutoring when I was 16 years old. As soon as I took the SAT, I started tutoring the SAT and I have never stopped. But uh, what I wish I would have been told is that uh, when you greet someone to uh, get to know them, if you immediately go into the SAT, their score probably will not improve by as much as if you just introduce yourself and say who you are and, and really establish some kind of connection with that person. That's not wasted time whatsoever. Um, and a lot of times, I think uh, tutors, new tutors have that intuition, but they squash it because they say, well, I wanna make sure that I pack in as much information as possible. That's a great thing. We should be content rich and we should be content specific and we should be, we should prioritize our content. Uh, like when I'm uh, onboarding people, we go through about 10 hours of training where we see like, how do we ask questions rather than give answers? How do we provide wait time? These kinds of things. But at the same time, how do you just ask, what are you into? What do you like to do? Because yes. then you can create analogies, right? You're a football player when you're a quarterback and you need to throw to the Z receiver, make sure you check the X route real quick. What does that relate to? Well, checking A versus C, right? It's all yeah. kind of, I feel connected in that way. Absolutely. And I, and that's, that's exactly it. And it really, the, the, the key, whether you're working with someone who's four, 14 beyond is really, you know, the motivation piece, connection and motive connection breeds motivation, which breeds momentum. Mm. Mm. And I'm a firm believer in that one that, you know, if you don't, like you said as well, Adam, if you're not breeding that connection and you're not taking the time to foster that and connect with your learner and taking those those minutes to ask about their day how are you what you know tell me a little bit more about you and what you're wanting to do and applying that to their learning momentum is going to be very stagnant because students they want not just to see a purpose they want to they want to know their they have a voice and a choice and that you care exactly when you give a choice uh, an immense amount of respect i think comes from that and, and it's not even something that you plan. It's just respect happens. And, and I love that. Yeah, the idea of giving choice. Absolutely. Because choice really, it fosters it fosters the, the a chance to self-advocate, which is a powerful tool that student, you know, students, you want to help them learn that because you don't just want them churning out answers by rote. <laughs> right. You want them to think, critical thinking. You know, what, what you're saying reminds me of a very interesting experiment. They actually uh, had a group of monkeys and there was a box with a snake inside and they put it in a room and monkeys are just inherently very terrified of snakes, much like homo sapiens, right? So <laughs> they would open the box and they would see that I, I think some kind of non-venomous snake pop out, they would run away, but you know what they would do after? They'd open the box again. They'd keep looking inside. I think that's the same thing for us. We're such curious people that when you make it intrinsic about what do you want to learn today or what's your stress level? Like, what can you handle this week, you know? No matter what the age, I'm glad that you brought in the age, not just high school, but anytime, you know, these emotions are present in every human being, every child, they may just not have the language. But as a tutor, if you're able to provide some of that language within your scholastics, beautiful opportunity, right? So I, I think I'm of that same mindset, Michael, I love your uh, attention to holism. Well, likewise. And, um, and actually for our tutors that are listening. Um, so what do you feel? I mean, having worked with your team and you're, you know, you're, you're an entrepreneur and, um, what, what are some of those mental health strategies that maybe, um, these our entrepreneurs can use or tutors can, they can use to help, help themselves because teaching and education is 
has a wonderful autonomy, autonomous feel to it, which is great in terms of, you know, creativity, free flow, but it can also be overwhelming at times. It can be daunting. Yeah, I agree with you, Michael. It can be very daunting, right? Where, where, what do I do with my time? You know, uh, with a school, you know, when I taught in a school, was, this is the lesson planning. This is when I grade. And, and, you know, so there's much more structure. But I think with that time, young tutors, I, the, mo- the biggest thing I'd recommend, and I still do it, and my team pushes me to do it a lot, continue to learn. If you're a teacher, that means that you are the number one learner. The best learner is the best teacher. And I firmly believe that my dad taught me that. And the other thing that my dad taught me about entrepreneurs, uh, he started his own business in 1989. He's a computer science guy and I can barely boot up a computer, but you know, <laughs> we make it work for online tutoring. Uh, but you know, I, I, I really learned from him. He said, you know, follow your passion. The rest is going to go. But if you're uh, really an entrepreneur, if you want to call it that, or if you're an if you're working with a team and you're trying to be a leader, as everyone is on a team, I think partially, try to delegate. Don't demand. And, and he, he was explaining the difference to me the other day. He was saying, when you delegate, just like what we're talking about, you trust someone. You allow them to make the decision, right? So uh, I'm not going to tell you how to interact with this client because I trust you because I've onboarded you to the best of my ability. So if I trust myself, I trust you because, you know, you're a representation of everybody here at the, at the company. When I demand, it's more like, do what I say. And again, I think that respect is lost. So as a tutor, whether you're working for yourself or um, working as a team like we do, I think a lot of it's about delegating to whoever you're working with and delegating to yourself. Did I do everything I did I could do today to learn about third grade phonetic comprehension? Did I do everything that I could today to learn about the zone of proximal development and Bogassi's experiment to see how I can scaffold learning. Did I do everything I did today uh, to know exactly the difference between dysgraphia and dyslexia and how to identify it in students without having to diagnose, but accommodate, you know? If you can answer yes to those questions, I think that that is a purposeful life. And if you answer no, that's okay too, because there's the self-care as well. So I think it's this wheel of balance that kind of goes around, not a line, but exactly a wheel of balance maybe. I love that. You know, as, as entrepreneurs, you know, as teachers, there's a thread that I've seen over the years, and I know I'm, I was, I of this mindset too is there's that need to strive for perfection and be a perfectionist, and you you wanna you know, you give your students so much room to make mistakes and it's okay, but you have to give yourself that same. I think that same grace. Yes. And that's important to do as well because you're going to make mistakes. And you know what? Whether you make a mistake in a teaching lesson, that's okay. Students love it when you're like, I'm sorry, let's let's backtrack here. It shows you're human. Yes. If you make a mistake in your business, I don't know, you're marketing something and it didn't go exactly how you wanted. It doesn't mean you're an abject failure or you know, or something like that. It's okay because you know what? You learn, you pivot, you grow. I think it's just being good to yourself and really giving yourself that same understanding you give to your students gift yourself that same understanding. And it can be hard at times, but give that to yourself. What a beautiful way to encapsulate a growth mindset, Michael. Honestly, the only way, one of the only ways we learn is through mistakes, right? We make a mistake and we learn from it the next time, hopefully. And as, you know, as uh, I'm not sure who says this, but if you buy the experience cheap, that's the best way. Learn from another person's mistakes. So as a tutor or a teacher, if you make a mistake, young people, they have a great radar. They know if you're like not telling the truth, just say, (laughs) you know what? I made a mistake. You're right. You know? And I think that those are the best moments when they're able to see, oh, Adam doesn't know everything or anybody on the dream school test prep team doesn't know. Maybe Trevor or Nia or Umut 
they don't know everything, but they're willing to tell me that. And they will find the answer though. And I think when you hold that space for people, that is uh, the holistic student, right? Like there's an anxiety to learning. And that's a good thing because that anxiety to learning pushes you. But if you feel that anxiety, but you're not held in a safe space, maybe that turns into something that's negative when it can be very, very beneficial for everybody. Absolutely. And I think like you kind of, like you were saying, it's, it's great for students can have a, have a bat radar for <laughs> any and all things that are not, if you're not being true to not just who you are, but also to your scope of knowledge. If you're, if you're coming in with a, a certain mindset of, you know, it all, you're the expert, they'll pick up on that. But if you come in with, you know, let's work together and, and learn this concept together. And if you fumble the ball a couple times, that's okay because students, they, they want to see that. And, and it's funny. Cause I actually, when I was working with one of my, uh, I do, I work primarily grade one, two math now, but I was working with a grade two student and I had, I, I don't know, I put like a nine instead of a six or something once and the student was shocked. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a robot. <laughs> I, I, make I, 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 I don't have to shut down and be rebooted. This is okay. <laughs> but they were shocked for a second. I said, no, it's okay. Like, you know, this is, this is part of the learning process. And it, and, and it really, it, it helped the student to, I think, I, I'd like to think it helped the student to recognize that, we as you know as educators make mistakes and if and i think as well as educators put yourself up to the highest standard that you can for yourself to put your best foot forward but don't expect your best foot to be perfect right and michael i really appreciate that too because not just for students but for parents i think that that is a big fear for tutors and teachers right to look like you don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. sometimes you make a mistake you write a six instead of a nine the other day i was like how do you write a capital e it's the first letter of my my last name you know like it happens. You just have a little brain fog, you know, but yeah. if you're able to admit that and be honest with, with parents, I think that is also an idea of vulnerability that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. Imposter syndrome is kind of trying to act like you are the expert, like you were saying, or that, you know, it, you know, well, we're all lifelong learners, you know, so that idea of sincerity, I think it just allows you to be free to be yourself with parents, with students, with yourself, with your fellow colleagues. And that's one of the biggest things I can say uh, also, Michael, is please consult your colleagues. Even if you're a private tutor, you should have those people who you go to after a long day, if you just want to talk about it. Or if you're saying, I don't know how to reach this particular student, or maybe I'm not the tutor for this student. Maybe I need to refer, you know, all these things, you don't have to do it yourself. And I think we're both trying to uh, say that, you know, like raise awareness about that because uh, each person's unique and each tutor is unique. And that's beautiful. There's five hands, five fingers on the hand. That's what makes it a hand. That's exactly it. Like if you're private tutors, there could be, you'll find your find your support, your group, your team. If you have a team of tutors that work for you, figure out each other's strengths and work together on those. Because if you can capitalize on strengths, not just are you bringing better strength to you, but to your students, and uh, you're, you're enriching the overall you know vision of 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 the business and your and also really the students and enlightening them and and working together on that. And students also. Uh, whether when you're when you're a tutor as well or a teacher whatever journey you're taking with you as an educator you learn and, and a lot of listeners may know this already but you learn a lot from your students really mm. embrace those moments when a student teaches you something or tells you something that you're like I never thought about it from this perspective because 
it's it's such an amazing moment uh, like of, of mm-hmm. aha for you as a teacher to be like, i never thought of that before that is so cool that happens to me at least 10 times a day every oh, day that's why i love yeah. my job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah absolutely and and it's so empowering for students because how amazing if a student is down in dumps about how they feel about oh i don't i don't understand this or i'm not good at that and then they go about it in a completely different way to get from point A to point B. It's not your point A to point B, but it's not all about you. It's about how collaboratively can you get point A to point B and how magical if they add in a C. <laughs> point exactly. C. Yeah. Cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was on the way, you know, and it, it breaks things apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Adam, it has been a delight. We could talk for hours about this. This is such a great topic. Uh, no, I want to thank you so much for being on the Coach for Tutors podcast today. Is there a place that our listeners can find more information about you, about your business? Sure. I mean, thank you very much for having me, Michael. I really do appreciate it. And uh, thank you for listening to my thoughts. I, I honestly wish I could have learned a bit more from you, but I, I'll probably check out your other podcast. So thank you for having me on, sincerely. If you do want to learn more about me, you can just visit our website, dreamschooltestprep.com. And that also has uh, each of our tutors and you can learn about them because they're pretty cool folks as well. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much, Adam. And again, for our listeners, this is the Coach for Tutors podcast. And as always, make it a great day. 